Hi all, Jess here, dropping in with a very different kind of episode for you to enjoy this week. Now, if you are in the early stages of planning a launch for this year and wondering, oh my goodness, how can I get behind this, fall in love, do it in a way that doesn't frazzle my nervous system, stifle my creativity and burn me out in the process, then you are going to want to listen in. This episode is taken directly from a session that we ran inside of the Slow Mastermind and a session that we welcomed the members of our community to just come in and join and enjoy because what we know is there are so many conversations around launching in the industry and you know like it love it hate it whatever your feelings are around it it is an essential component of running an online business and so we really want to peel back the curtains and bring you in behind the scenes on how sam and i broke every launch rule in the book when we launched slow the mastermind and how ultimately that supported us to magnetize the most incredible room of women and we also share a lot of examples around how our clients are doing this too and giving you a whole dossier of evidence that there are so many ways to sell out your programs and to feel really freaking good in the process. So listen in and if you want more, you can sign up to our free workshop where you will get the replay not only of this section, the behind the scenes, but also three additional components where we show you how to simplify your strategy and harness your strengths so you can stop overcomplicating the process and overextending your capacity in order to fit into someone else's framework. We also give you the tools to support your nervous system so you can internally cultivate a greater sense of ease and pleasure within your launch process. And we have a whole section dedicated to exploring your inner world so you can drop all the shoulds, soften your mindset and prevent that messy middle from derailing your launch. Plus, for a limited time only, you will also have the opportunity to submit your workbook and receive personalized feedback from both Sam and I on your bespoke launch plan. This is something that we have been doing over the past couple of months for those that attended this workshop. And let me just tell you the feedback that these women are getting, the changes that they are making and the results that their launches are now generating is wild. So this is something that you are not going to want to miss out on. To grab the full workshop, go to theslowmastermind.com forward slash love launching. Now let's dive into the episode. We all know the cautionary tale of the tortoise and the hare, but what does that actually look like in life and business? I'm Jess, somatic strategist and creator of Generative Profit. I'm Sam, psychotherapist, coach, supervisor, and facilitator of permission. And together, inside this podcast, we're combining our experience in business and expertise in mindset, strategy, and the nervous system to bring you real, raw, and deeply nuanced conversations, lessons, and perspective shifts that'll support you to strip back the layers of conditioning you have around traditional success and heal your relationship with your business, worth, work, and money so you can soften into success, exhale as you expand, and create a life and business filled with riches and richness. If you're ready to dance in the slow and actualize and knowing that it's from this place you'll collapse timelines and create sustained momentum toward the income, impact, presence, and pleasure you desire, then pour yourself a cuppa and get cozy because this is for you. Welcome to The Slowdown. Our intention for today is to really strip back and to support you to really strip back and simplify your launches so they're more spacious and easeful and that you feel more you. And that might be like feeling more turned on, really quenched in the process, which is going to ultimately lead to attracting more high quality clients and holding space more effortlessly as the people that come into your spaces are magnetized by your individuality, which will result in higher client satisfaction, retention and referrals. I also notice a bit of a trend when, especially, I guess, like more celebrity coaches and coaches that are really well known, go behind the scenes of their launches. I think that we often forget the humanness. And so Jess and I are also going to share like the imperfect moments in our launch and <laughs> the human moments and, and all of the mess as well, because I don't really think it's possible to have a perfect launch where every single thing goes perfectly. <laughs> no. <I don't> <laughs> 
Um, we, yeah, we can have the best of intentions. I think the perfect launch is the launch where you get to the end and you feel really yeah. nourished by it and that it was successful in all the ways that actually mattered to you. Yeah, exactly. Even if life, you know, as we'll share when we talk about our recent launch, like lots of things can happen, but if we at the end of it have supported ourselves, supported our nervous system, then that is how a launch gets to be lovely, even if it is imperfect. Uh, And we also really want to focus on avoiding burnout, dysregulation, um, and like a, a a loss of meaning that can happen sometimes when we're launching um, and can just feel really heavy and hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like, I think ultimately it's, it's really about this essence of softening mm. into your success and not, you know, necessarily like there, there are times of course in launching where we are going to be in action and doing things like we're not under this illusion of you can kind of just sit back and it's all just going to happen and magically come to you. But it's about how are we taking this action, what nervous system state and what mindset and beliefs are we taking action from that can really create a difference in how that action feels in your body and also how it's received and from, from your community. And so, yeah, just like really supporting the whole of you to thrive within your launches. And so I'd love um, for those of you that are here to share with us like what your intention for being here on this call is like what what drove you to to want to be here and to sign up and maybe how would you like to start experiencing launches um and potentially if you've got a specific product or program or launch in mind maybe even declaring that and bringing that to the fore as well yeah we would love for you to have like we've got our intentions but it's important that you have an intention as well Uh, We'll just give you a couple of moments to put your um, intention for the call in there. And, of course, whenever we run workshops um, or any kind of coaching calls, we always say practice listening to what you need. Like if you need to take a quick break or the bathroom or anything like that, just feel free to to do that, to take care of yourself and um, give yourself whatever you need over the next two hours. We're gonna, Jess is going to just do a little bit of grounding before we actually um, start sharing behind the scenes of our launch, just so that we're able to feel kind of really present um, for the session. Yeah. Oh, so something that we love to do at the start of all of our slow calls is just to really connect in with ourselves and our bodies. So I invite you, because we're all going to be coming with different nervous system states, different levels of comfort within your physical body and your your current physical space to honor what feels good for you as always so as you're ready kind of just start to give your body any movement that it desires so just notice what is your body calling for right now is it calling for a big stretch is it calling for some sound for you to breathe in a particular way just really practice attuning to what your body is calling for. And if you aren't sure what it is, that is okay as well. Just observe that and maybe start to invite in some movement and see, does your body like that? Does that feel good for you? And maybe start to really just wander your gaze around the room orienting yourself in the here and now really anchoring into your surroundings seeing what you can observe notice through really slow movement and then just feeling any sensations you can feel Sometimes I find it helps to close down my eyes and take away the sense of sight to really heighten that sensation um, experience. So what does it feel like in your skin? Can you feel the air, the temperature, any textures? 
And then just moving deeper internally below the surface. Can you notice any places in your body that feel contracted, tight, stiff, sore? Not needing to change them, just simply notice them. And then scanning your body and noticing any places of expansion, places where there's lightness, space, softness, perhaps even pleasure. And just really allowing yourself to luxuriate in those sensations. Taking a few deep breaths. And sighing out any tension, softening deeper and deeper. <sighs> when you're ready, just if your eyes are closed, start to bring them back open, returning to the room. And the reason that we do this is it allows us to come into a state of creativity and receptivity if we are more grounded and connected with our bodies rather than, you know, whatever circumstance you may have come in here from, whether you've rushed in between other things, you've had a busy morning. It just really allows you to signal to your body that you are here now in this space and ready to receive. Mm. thanks Jess that was lovely and um as I was doing that I was aware that sometimes when we do this nervous system work we're kind of um it's not all about pleasure and comfort is it sometimes it's actually bringing into our awareness like oh actually I'm uncomfortably hot right now and I'm going to turn the air conditioning up a bit so um but it's just so important to take time to check in with our um inner world and, you know, including our mind and our body and our heart and those moments of slowing down really help us to know what's happening. And I think that's a really big part of how we launch slow, isn't it? Like we, we really, um, we took our time and we were constantly checking in with ourselves and each other, you know. So as we take you behind the scenes um, of our launch, <laughs> we, we must confess, I feel like we broke every launch rule in the book when launching the slow mastermind and we also magnetize the most incredible room of women in the process um, we ended up with six women for our first um, round of the mastermind and they're just um, yeah the most incredible beautiful humans so we're still really sitting in the gratitude of that and so I guess we want you to see us as evidence that there's more than one way to sell out your programs basically as we're talking if you've got a scrap of paper or um, you want to type them down or whatever just pay attention to what's coming up um, in your in your mind so if you hear us talking about like a launch that felt really easy or if you hear us um, talking about nurturing our nervous system or anything that we talk about with our launch it may trigger some thoughts there might be some like really helpful really great thoughts but there might also be some unhelpful ones like oh that's not possible for me or that's not realistic or whatever and we're going to do a little bit of mindset work as part of this workshop so um yeah just try to pay attention to those thoughts if you've got pen and paper it would be great to write them down but that that would be lovely I think and we'll kind of expand on that at the end mm. so Jess, what would you like to share about the behind the scenes first? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm such a framework person, right? There's like a, this, I was talking about this on the slow coaching call earlier this morning that I've got this like really strong inner teacher that loves to see things in frameworks and models. And I also just love alliteration. And so when I was really thinking into the stages of our launch and the things that we did really differently, it really felt 
like it fit it into like three categories. So at the start, there was a lot of allowing. Then um, we had a phase of aligning. And then after that, we went into a period of assessing once the launch is done. And so I think if we can kind of, we'll speak into each of those and how Sam and I are going to do this. Like this isn't a pre-planned masterclass or anything like that. The way that we run slow as a mastermind is less about content in a traditional teaching sense and more about really nourishing conversations and real just vulnerable relatable like super raw and through that it allows you to uh, take inspiration notice your own edges and then you know usually in our slow calls we then have a lot of space for digesting and discussion and personalization so Um, which we'll have a little bit at the end of this call as well. So really like allowing to me is having space for the process. I think Sam and I created this idea. I mean, we have known each other for, I want to say five-ish years now since our girls are very young. And from the one of the very early meetups, we both kind of floated the idea and knew like, someday we, somehow we were going to work together and collaborate on a program we didn't necessarily know how or what that would look like and so over the years the idea and the concept kept coming backwards and forwards like we knew this was going to happen but we never forced it we were never like okay well like let's sit down and let's do this until this year where you know the the time in a line that we both just had a season of spaciousness in our personal businesses and we start, you know, kind of had the conversation. We're like, let's let's do it. We could really see some things happening in the industry that we weren't necessarily fans of, and wanted to really be a part of the difference. And yeah, we then like so allowing in that sense of like not forcing an offer to come through just because like it wasn't like oh there's a, a gap in my business model or like I don't have the perfect ascension path like when we think about some of these things that we're like told we should have in our business um and then we sit there and we try and contort and create an offer just because we feel like we should have something there as opposed to allowing your creative um muse to come and to follow that thread knowing that that's actually going to be the thing that's going to be most resonant and successful And then within that, we just had so much space for experimentation. So we had a really long gestation process for this offer. We didn't have a conversation at this, you know, I think our first conversation maybe was February or March this year. And we didn't actually start launching it till, gosh, I want to say August. Yeah, it was like Time is such an abstract. (laughs) I'm so bad. It was July, August. Yeah. Um, and it was really beautiful. Like in terms of what we actually did, which I think um, helped the launch, was we we invited ideal clients into some market research where we essentially had a two-week boxer conversation with them where the first week we asked them a series of questions and then the second week was a chance to give back to them by um, allowing them to ask us any questions and receive free coaching. And um, I have to admit, as a business owner like who's launched lots of programs, it's the first time that I properly did that process. And that's something I love about Jess, that she's really great at guiding you through a complete process rather than, you know, just jumping in here and there. And I think that's something we did really well because we gave ourselves a lot of space, a lot of slowness at the beginning, didn't we, Jess? Mm. And I mean, also- just in the way we created yeah. those market research, like, sorry, I'll just jump yeah. in. because I think like this it's it's easy for us to gloss over those parts because we're like oh yeah we just did these market research boxes but like in more traditional ways we're sold get on a call and do you know do these like 20 minute power calls and you know spitfire questions and that in itself felt really like constrictive and also like being the two of us we're like how are we going to coordinate our schedules and so I think like allowing it to not have to look a certain way and go, well, what's actually going to feel really easy. We love supporting our clients in Voxer. And so we're like, let's just invite people in in Voxer. That way there's spaciousness on their end to think about their responses, there's spaciousness on our end to digest the questions and to ask questions in and around whatever else is happening in our lives. And so it didn't mean that we had to sync calendars or clear our calendar to like do this 
this work, it was able to just integrate. Yeah, and we were always planning to build a mastermind where we honoured women's capacity. And so for us trying to like squeeze in all these 30-minute calls, yeah, that wouldn't have felt like it was honouring our capacity. Boxer actually felt really spacious and really generous as well. I think that's another one of our values. So I think everyone that participated in that got a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot out of it kind of thing. And that's a really good question that I think may as well just answer it now. Yeah, In terms yeah. of structure, like Jess and I are both really confident with our boundaries. So we let people know what our Voxer days and hours are and then people can send us messages any day or time knowing that we'll respond during our boundaries. And that really allows people to have the freedom that, you know, maybe they think of a question or something comes up for them on a Sunday lunchtime and they can Voxer knowing that we would be back in there yeah um, I mean we, we, we just had kind of five, five questions we have four yeah. questions that we wanted to yeah. get clarity around and so we we set the tone when they join Boxer or when we invited them even to do it that like each day for the first week we were going to ask one question and so it also meant that like we could ask the question in the morning we could yeah. have dialogue backwards and forwards with any clarifying questions the next day we moved into the next question and that's how we ran our market research days. And then the following week, we're like, this is your week. We'll be in here on these particular days. Ask whatever you want. And in actuality, the you know, while it felt like a give back that second week of like we're giving something back for their time and energy that they've given us, there was so much depth and profound insight that even came through the questions that they asked in receiving coaching as well that further informed our market research um, because it came through in ways that we hadn't necessarily thought to ask or um, or in some instances the questions that people thought they were going to get coached on were actually resolved through the questions we asked in market research and so by the time they got to that second week they were like oh I've got a whole new different like container of things that I want to get support on. <laughs> It was very fluid, but I do know I'm someone who can lose track of dates and weeks very easily. And so I think with boundaries, we also just wrote at the beginning of the chat, like, you know, thanks for agreeing to do this. We're starting on this date and we're ending on this date so that we were kind of really clear on the container and they were too. Because it is easy to lose track of days and weeks, isn't it, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> Especially you and I, I think we both have a bit of time blindness. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. And um and then I guess the other thing that we we took we spent a lot of time in Google Documents, which is actually so great when you're collaborating with someone because you can put down all your ideas and I could be in there and then Jess would be like editing live and it was so fun. But I think one thing that we did really well with Slow the Mastermind is making it really different. Like there are a lot of programs out there when when you hear the name or when you look at it, you're not, it doesn't necessarily stand out or you don't know what it stands for. And we chose Slow the Mastermind um, because we wanted it to really have that reaction, didn't we, Jess, of like people kind of either got it and loved it or they were like, oh, why would you want to join a mastermind called Slow? Like there was like this real... Um, big reaction and that I think actually really supported us to um you know write the um the sales page and all of those things too didn't it yeah I mean it just gave it a really clear essence so we could embody the essence of yeah. that throughout the whole way we created it and yeah. even in the way we're delivering it um it just it just makes sense and it gave us so many I feel like content angles as well like when you think about so and you think about that very first reaction or objection like oh slow business like who wants slow growth or slow business or like whatever like especially because it's so conditioned for like instant gratification fast results like maximum revenue all of those things and it was like this pause like it kind of almost it's like kind of like when you first open like an oven and you get like overwhelmed with this like heat it was like oh hang on a sec like it makes you pause and it allowed us to then use that for content to kind of go like, what are you trading off in the pursuit of bigger, more, faster, all of that? And like also conversely, like how does slowing down actually become the catalyst for things speeding up? And so we had those two really distinct content angles that we were then able to channel in so many different ways inside of our launch that further like bolstered 
the rationale and like why slow and it allowed us to have really deep and different conversations to what's typically seen in you know a business um, mastermind type space yeah and I just want to jump in Jess I'm remembering that a business coach told us that it was a really bad idea to use that name and this is an example of breaking the rules like obviously when you're working with a mentor like it makes sense to listen to them and um, to receive that support but there are sometimes like we just both had our heart set on slow Um, it was hard to explain and so we just yeah we decided to kind of really um, trust our gut there didn't we Jess Mm, exactly yeah. yeah yeah and just knowing sometimes no, no matter how well intentioned a coach is you're also going to know like you're the best guide for you and that's I think something that Sam and I are so focused on whenever we give any sort of coaching or guidance it's like we can provide this but notice how you're reacting in receivership of that and is that something that feels true and resonant for you and so that was something that we did throughout not just in terms of naming yeah. the program but even in terms of the launch and and that's why we're here today kind of going we've had a really different launch experience and it's very different from the mentor that we were working with and her framework and how she would launch because we constantly checked in with ourselves and we're like we see that we get that that works for some people but we're actually going to do it a different way you know and I think like I, I'm such a stickler for foundations like this is the, like the strategy part of me that is really like I feel like stru- like foundations are the structure and they can be incredibly nourishing and create the containment for your creativity and everything else to flow from there and yes like it, it can sound heavy or like there's maybe some more time spent up front in doing it um you know it maybe slowed us down this like classic example of slowing down to speed up it slowed us down in that we spent a lot of time in the ideation phase we spent a lot of time in connecting with that ideal client and understanding them really deeply whereas like some you know and there's been times where I've launched something where it's been like idea launch like straight away and there's going to be times where the energy just moves and it moves you um but in slowing down and doing this it meant that when it came to launching everything else was just so effortless because we had set solid structures solid foundations in place and it also meant like we were so deeply connected to the why and the essence of the program and the the demand that we knew was there because we had literally heard the women speak into that constantly in the boxer that we were so sold on what we were selling and that gave us so much confidence in that open cart period when you know especially having such a long open cart period it's not like you're having sales every single day or conversations every single day but we were able to hold our energy within that because we deeply knew the essence of the program we were creating and how valued that was by the type of women that we were desiring to um, serve. Is there anything else you want to add about like how we kind of did that early process of allowing Sam before we move into aligning? Um, I just think I was very blessed to be working alongside you, Jess, because that's obviously what you lead your clients through. And it was really thorough and really nourishing. And um, I've never quite done a launch like that before. It was, um, yeah, it was really, really lovely. (laughs) Um, And I think it aligns into, uh, it leads well into like, the next step like aligning our launch to our capacity strengths and values because you know this is where the humanness comes in like I've got a a toddler who's almost two at the moment and a seven-year-old and I've got like I've had a few health issues and I was also going to the UK to visit my in-laws for the first time in three years and so Jess and I had really, really honest conversations about our capacity as humans um, when we were planning our launch. And I think that's something that just gets missed in general. It's kind of like, well, these are the steps you have to do to launch. But what if you actually don't have capacity for that? You know, like, how are you going to feel if you try to do all that and you're exhausted or you you drop all those balls because you did too much? So, yeah, we were really, really open about our capacity. And um, I guess this is a bit funny in some ways. Um, I think we were just really optimistic, to be honest, that we wouldn't have to launch slow the first round. The first round, we thought we've got enough past clients that we will just send out a beautiful email invitation and that will be it. But unfortunately, what happened 
and, and also maybe fortunately because we learned so many lessons from it, most of our clients were already committed to programs because we were launching in the middle of the year. And so we had a lot of people who were like, yes, I want to do it for 2024. But we were like, oh my gosh, we're gonna actually have to do a launch and we haven't planned to do a launch and Sam's going to the UK for three weeks. So it was kind of funny that we had to get, put this last minute launch plan together, but because we had done all that planning and that groundwork before, it actually wasn't that stressful or hard, was it Jess? No, no. Um, And I I think like, because also, I mean, this is a, a, benefit that obviously not everyone's going to have if they're working by themselves but the two of us in collaboration we were really able to focus on okay well Sam what are you really good at versus what am I really good at and kind of divide and conquer so to speak and also you know we do have some team support um and and I think like there's there's a level though of like recognizing what your strengths are and even in those early days if you don't have a lot of support you, there's lots of things you can just cross off that don't need to be done. So if you look at all the things you think need to happen and we'll dial into this when we yeah. start talking about your blueprint, but there's there's also like lots of things we really just didn't do because we didn't have yeah. the bandwidth. And so um, we, we got to be really intentional and clear on like what is within our capacity? What do we have the strengths and skill set and desire to do? And what are we just going to like, Yes, it might be nice to do. Um, yes, it's maybe part of a launch strategy, but what are we just going to leave? Because we don't have capacity and it's not within our strengths. And, you know, be okay with that. Like not feel if we're not doing all of the things, therefore we're not going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, let's dive into what we didn't do, actually. Um, I really like what Tracy Spencer says about um, doing the draft copy. Like, I think what happens when people launch programs, they get really caught up in, they see these big celebrity coaches who have, like, you know, a six-step funnel and everything's perfect and beautiful. And they think they have to do that to succeed when it's not true. So one of the biggest things that we didn't do um, that people absolutely loved was we didn't do a proper sales page. It was literally just a Google Doc. And I think, Jess, um, your OBM maybe organized like a um, a beautiful header. It was header. literally a header, like a letterhead yeah. type thing from Canva. It was, was nothing fancy. Like we yeah. didn't we didn't have a brand for slow. We didn't have yeah. initially when we first launched, we didn't have the photo shoot. It was only yeah. because I was traveling to Perth and we just saw an opportunity. And that was almost at the end of the launch that we got photos yeah. done even. And I know the visual side of things can be one of those things. People are always like, I've got to get a photo shoot and I've got to get branded. And like, yes, I'm like, I'm a Torian and I just like really love beautiful things. And also like, it doesn't have to be the barrier that stops you. And also the sales page not being hard. Like there's, there's, you know, frameworks for how to write, you know, these converting sales pages. And we were just like, we're just going to write a heartfelt letter to yeah. the woman that we see stepping into this space. I kind of like think of it as like, I always just come back to the scene in Mary Poppins where the kids are writing to like their perfect ideal nanny of all the things and then the dad kind of tears it up and it goes in the fire and Mary Poppins like eventuates um (laughs) like it was kind of like that it was like energetically we were just like writing this love letter to this person and putting it out and letting that person come to us in response to that and uh, I will say like there are people inside of the mastermind that weren't even on our radar to reach out to and invite and things like that. And they've been like the most beautiful additions to the space. And so you never know who is is there in your periphery that you may not necessarily even be aware of. And I, I think like, yeah, like letting it, it didn't, didn't have to be designed, didn't have to be a template. Like I've had clients that have launched without sales pages. Instead, they've used a meditation to allow someone to feel the essence of what they're offering and then then inviting them into the next thing. I've had clients do a video. I've had clients, like, like whatever your strength is and what's in resonance with your offering, like allow it to be that. Like I'm, I'm yet to see someone do an invite through interpretive dance, but I would love to see that because <laughs> No, I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, for the next floor, can you do a, a lyrical for us? <laughs> yeah. It's like part of the creative process. And really, like, when you distill back, like, what is the point of a sales page? It's to allow someone to connect with the essence, to feel connected and moved by it, and willing to, like, wanting to step forward into it. And so 
that can happen in in so many ways. It doesn't have to be a sales page. It doesn't have to be this like specific email sequence. Like we didn't have a specific, uh, you know, I think there's, there's a very well-known person in the industry that has created a, a successful like launch model that almost every second launch probably more follow um, with what email you need to send on what day with what subject line and all of that sort of stuff. And we were just like, no, that just, it feels mm. like on, on some of those days of like three emails a day. And we're like, that is not slow. That's not yeah, slow. And that's <laughs> where the market research helped, right? Cause we had like, I'm a highly sensitive person. I tend to attract a lot of like clients who are quite sensitive. And we had feedback from some of our um, people that we were interviewing that they don't like getting emails every day, even though, of course, there's statistically, you know, marketing says that you should do it this way. But I guess if you know your client really well and you know that that actually really turns them off, then then why would you do it? Yeah. And I think also like that, that particular launch model is very mm-hmm. much around, like we've had this season of launching where it's about this really constrained period of time and creating the urgency kind of making people take action in a really fast rushed way and from a nervous system perspective like yes some people do need a deadline and do need some time of course to move them into action but also like we didn't want people taking action out of a sense of like and dysregulation and like they needed to hurry into that and so I think like there's even the, the ethics like we have such different values of bringing that human first and we created the spacious timeline, not only for ourselves, but for the women stepping in. We wanted them to have space to sit with their decision to really land in the knowing that this was the next step that they desired to take. And we were the right people to support them to where they wanted to go rather than I've decided because like all of a sudden I'm going to miss out if I don't decide like today, you know, and we were so upfront with what, what that launch process was going to look like, weren't we, Sam? Yeah. And I think like, I want to be transparent. Like, I think there were some trade-offs with that too, with that too, right? Like, so most of our sales discussions like really happened in Instagram DMs and some people chose to have like a Voxer conversation. I think we only had a couple of sales calls and I'm sure someone said there is research that people are more likely to say yes when they're on a sales call. We did have some people who were like really, really close to saying yes. And then with that spaciousness, they decided to say no. But whether that, like, of course, that affected our launch, but I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing because I think in the long term, those people are going to be really appreciative that we didn't push them and that they have that space. And quite a few of them are kind of now intending to come in next year's round. So some of the marketing stuff that we get taught, we get taught it for a reason, but it's also okay to um, break from that mold, isn't it, Jess? Like knowing that it doesn't really align with how we want to show up. Yeah, exactly. I think that that was, yeah, even like when I think about our pricing structure and stuff, we were very transparent of like, this is when the price changes to this. These are when bonuses go away. Um, We put an equitable pricing model in right from the get-go. We weren't waiting till we, hit a certain number of people in the program to then go, oh, now we have a scholarship spot or things like we were like, no, because we deeply, like we can see how people can be disadvantaged and we want to do what we can to support like people that are disadvantaged who actually really need the support of a container like this to be able to step in and to not have the need to like push themselves and really work so much harder, so much quicker to make you know the, the investment pay off for them and so um yeah like that there's just like mm. lots of ways that we were able to really let our values and our ethics and our capacity lead through this and I think also like I just an answer to your question Bella so in terms of team I personally have an OBM and a VA so my OBM is really great at more project management techie stuff my VA is just wonderful at design and aesthetic and um yeah things like that Sam has similar kind of structure with a like a main um, support and then some design support. And so um, between that, we felt really well supported, but I must say we didn't use like compared to launches I've done in the past. I don't think I used anywhere near as much team hours, but I think that's because we weren't building out sales pages. We weren't building out funnels. We didn't have 
a ton of like freebies and launch events and all of that sort of stuff that we had to create things for. Like we kept it pretty, it's like, I always think of it as like if a, a concert, right? We have like the concert that's like all out with all the lights and all the bells and all the whistles. And then there's like the unplugged version where it's just like us on a stage with like nothing <laughs> but a microphone. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it was really freeing. Like the thing that we did do that worked really well was we did a um, mini podcast series called The Slowdown. Um, and it was literally five episodes. And we had so many women in our DMs just going, thank you so much. Because we were really honest about our business journey. It wasn't like a shiny, we're going to pretend that everything's perfect kind of podcast. And um, it was really meaningful to a lot of people. And I think that supported some women to kind of reach out and start having conversations and it's funny now we've decided that we're going to actually turn that into a podcast and launch a podcast next year I don't know if I'm allowed to announce that but (laughs) I just did um but I think it on the note (laughs) yeah you guys know now um I think that's such a good example of like imperfect action and just starting with what you've got like if we'd said oh we have to do a proper podcast and we have to launch it and be consistent we probably would have gotten overwhelmed because we were creating something new but just giving ourselves permission to do like five episodes and then um yeah that, that's just been really beautiful hasn't it and then when we've got more space we can create a podcast mm. um, yeah. yeah I mean I think that really like leads into that assessing piece really because it's like once we moved through the launch we were then able to come back and reflect on what yeah. worked what didn't what are we refining what are we improving and not just in our launch, but in the delivery of the structure of the mastermind. I think that sometimes that along with celebration and integration, that assessing part can be a really key part that gets missed. And, you know, I have many clients that go from launch to like the next launch to the next launch. And, and there's so much resistance to like, let's just pause, digest, integrate, look at all of the, the data, look at like really debrief it and unpack it. Because otherwise you're just going to make the same mistakes again and again and again. Like nothing changes unless you pause and like take a look under the hood. Um, And so, yeah, like as Sam said, that invite launch like didn't quite work out as we thought it would. Um, But also when we looked at like part of reflecting on who's in the container, how have they, where where did they come from? I still like, like our networks were definitely a key part of that because one person is in there because of a um, a space that I used to co-coach in and she was part of that membership. Actually, two. One person came through a networking group that Sam's a part of. Um, someone came through the Slowdown series. And I think, yeah, someone came through the pop-up coaching that we did. And so it's knowing like, okay, well, those things were effective. There were yeah. other things that we did in our launch that didn't actually result in clients so maybe they're things that can fall away in the future yeah like we did an Instagram live series and I don't think that was very effective because we've we've only really just created the slow Instagram account so we've both got like fairly established communities on our own accounts but probably trying to do lives on a brand new account you know just before you're starting a mastermind it, yeah it, we just didn't really feel like it had a big impact did we Jess but no yeah, I think, I mean, that was definitely, I'm, if we're looking at the launch as a whole, one thing that was probably a, more of a challenge, but everyone's mm-hmm. going to have this, is that we were a brand new brand. Yeah. Like no one knew that this was coming. Um, yeah. We hadn't built any sort of, we didn't have any build up. We were just like all of a sudden, hey, here's the slow like account. Here's the slow mastermind. <laughs> and so now it's like, how do we solidify this movement in the marketplace? and build community around that so that we then have this pool of women that are ready to step in as and when we open up each of the rounds of our program. And that's something I think like we can get so hyper-focused on our launch, but Mm. it's really the, the community building that we do outside of our launches that creates the success of our launches. So like that's where I know that, every launch after this one is going to be more easeful because we are going to be more proactive as, as Sam dropped, you know, yeah. creating the podcast <laughs> and having a way of connecting and building, building the movement. And, and like, as a concept, having people kind of get behind understanding what slow means and how that can actually support them to thrive in their business. 
I think something we had to do really well in the launch was hold the messy middle um, because we had someone, so this is how we knew that the name and the concept was so powerful. We had someone literally like reach out in the DMs and then we sent her an email and she was like straight away like, oh, this is just speaking to me. Like, and she signed up and we were like, wow, like really didn't expect that to happen. But then I think we had like maybe a month or two that was kind of in the pre-selling part, wasn't it? But we had a big gap where like no one else said yes. And yeah. anyone who's been in a launch in the middle period where maybe it's not going <laughs> as you'd like, um, it's it's hard, isn't it? Like on your nervous system, your mindset, like you've got to really hold the faith. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was, again, like we were so blessed to have one another. I think like even, you know, in our own, cycles and seasons internally and what was going on in our life and then with what was happening in the launch like it was so beautiful and this is where like I keep coming back to collaboration is so powerful because we never had to hold it all alone and that's also where like mentorship can be really powerful because they don't necessarily need to be in your business working for you or doing something together like Sam and I did but having that that mentor that can be there to hold you through that messy middle and support you as, as those wobbles happen is just so, so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just like from a, a debriefing data perspective, I'm just kind of looking at a couple of the, the points I noted down in our yeah. debrief, just so you can get a quick sense of, of what worked, what didn't. Again, like this was just for us for this specific launch. So it's yeah. not like we're not about going, oh, well, this worked for us, so do that. Well, this didn't yeah. work for us, don't do that. Like just so you can have that insight from how we did it to go, I might try this. I might experiment with that. So yeah, obviously invites didn't necessarily go as well as we thought. The podcast episode, like that catapulted, like instant list growth. Lots of people, like even the people that didn't come directly as a result from the slowdown series, listened to the slowdown series during, because we had that long launch period. They'd listened to that at some point during it. And what it did is serve to affirm them why they were in this space they felt really nurtured and they were like oh yeah that like I'm in the right space I can really connect with this and so that was something that was so powerful and why we are now going well that was a really beautiful way of connecting with people we're going to put that public and we're going to expand on that through more episodes I mean the IG live series there is potentially a bit of a missed opportunity we could have easily turned those IG lives into episodes and tacked them on to the end of the podcast. So something I talk about a lot with my clients is like leveraging what you're already doing. So if you're creating something for one platform, how can you use it in multiple ways? So you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel or creating more. And for whatever reason, I can't even remember that that just didn't happen. I think we kind of, we were closer to the end of the launch and Sam was overseas potentially. Like we just, we just didn't. So like that could be an opportunity. If we were going to do lives again, I would look at how can we repurpose them better or maybe that they're, they're more of a, an event because we had a lot of good traction with our coaching calls. So maybe instead of IG lives, we actually have some sort of challenge type event where people register and come and join us live. So there's more incentive to show up for it. Posting between multiple accounts. So that was really, you know, it's two people that aren't necessarily the best social media <laughs> advocates. Um, adding a third account into the mix, honestly, in full transparency, hasn't been the easiest to navigate. Um, it's really, it feels nice for Slow to have its own brand and own space. And I personally feel like eventually I want that to be able to like hold itself in the future and not necessarily rely on Sam and I sharing absolutely everything with our own private businesses and communities. But for this time and probably for the next little while, it is going to really require a lot of cross-pollination between all of the accounts. Um, in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have created a slow account for this specific launch. I probably would have added that on as something that could have come down the track. So yeah, that's probably something where we maybe did something we didn't necessarily need to do because most people that are in that slow account are also on Sam and I's accounts anyway. So we could have just met them in that space. Yeah. Emails, we have really high open rates, really high click rates. So that's like really great to know that we have a well-engaged email list. And so that's a place where, again, we can go like, let's really show up and nurture that space because people are really engaged. And I think that's also a power of having 
a small new energized email list and of course the pop-up coaching like that was I think really really powerful for people to just come and feel what it is like to be coached by us and to receive support from us because I don't think we coach in the same way that um, a lot of other coaches do and hold space in a very unique way and so yeah that that felt really powerful and so that's something we are talking about leaning more into and how do we create just more of like like this really effortless pop-up events we didn't have to create a whole bunch of bells and whistles to do this we were already doing it for the women inside of the mastermind it's like all right come on in come and experience what it's like I was going to say I think we've had 20 people sign up but a lot of people are going to be watching the replay but it's another example of simple is sometimes just still okay right like there was no landing page for this it was just the zoom sign up for the zoom link like Hmm. not everything has to be like really big and yeah does it for it to work yeah exactly and also like for us to then go okay well if this is something that is well received and we get great feedback from those who are here live and watch the replay to then go okay well let's maybe turn this into a freebie or something that can support people to come deeper into connection with us and the work and Yes, at that point, maybe there'll be a little bit of a funnel built out, like some emails. But again, we don't have to make it huge or heavy or hard. We could probably repurpose a couple of the emails that we sent over the last two weeks and let that be. I think that's that's the biggest thing. And you know, we, we'll talk to that in, the, in both strategy and nervous system where there's this tendency to really overcomplicate things. And that puts us in a space of potentially overwhelm, potentially avoidance, um, potentially self-sabotaging rather than like clearing the runway, decluttering and just allowing allowing it to be easy, allowing it to be a first draft. Yeah, exactly. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive behind the scenes on how Sam and I launched the Slow Mastermind. If you are ready to fill your programs and sign more clients without compromising on your values, capacity, and creativity, and actually learn to love launching, then you are going to want to go to theslowmastermind.com forward slash love launching and sign up for the entire workshop where you will not only get your blueprint for a lovely launch, you'll also learn how to simplify your strategy, support your nervous system, and soften your mindset. Plus for that limited time only, you will have the chance to submit your blueprint and receive personalized feedback from both Sam and I. So you can finally rekindle that excitement for getting your gifts in the hands of the people who need it and learn to love launching.